You're listening to a Stranger podcast. www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't ask on the Savage Lovecast. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. I'm Dan Savage, and this is the Savage Lovecast, the once a week out loud version of my sex advice column, Savage Love. You may have noticed we have a little bit of new theme music, courtesy of Tim. And uh, we want to thank Tim for that. We think the song is awesome. Uh, we've sort of struggled with opening music since the podcast began. You know, we had some for a while, then we didn't have some for a long time. Then we had some Italo disco, which is very hip right now. Uh, but it wasn't really about the show. And then Tim sent this, and we absolutely love it. Uh, and we want to invite anybody else out there that wants to create a Savage Love uh, podcast theme music selection to send it in. And if it... Uh, doesn't totally suck it actually has to like only not suck a tiny bit it can suck mostly uh we'll use it we'll just make it part of the show that everybody can make up uh, a theme song for savage Lovecast if they so desire send it in and we guarantee that unless it completely blows we will use it uh, and we're going to keep using tim's until we get something as good or better savage Lovecast. uh we need your theme music because we're helpless idiots and uh we have a lot of tech savvy at risk youth around here but they're not music Savvy, tech savvy, at risk youth. 206-201-2720 is the phone number if you want to record a question for a future podcast. The questions just keep pouring in. So let's get right to them. Hey, Dan. My name's Claire, and I'm a bisexual, 24-year-old female. Okay, so there's this married guy. I met him about three months ago at a social thing. He started calling me three times a week, pretending to trip and stabilizing himself on my thigh, like grabbing it to steady himself or something. He starts making plans to drive the two hours to my house to spend Saturdays with me only to cancel because of his wife. He asks me innocent in any other context type of questions about whether or not I have a current lover, boyfriend, etc. So my question is this. When do I tell his wife, who I don't know very well, that I think her husband's coming on to me? And is there a way I can brush him off without wrecking our friendship? Second, if it turns out they have an open marriage, is it acceptable for me to tell him that, well, I'm not really interested in him, uh, I'd let him watch if he sets me up with his totally hot wife? And then on, on a completely different matter, uh, how do you find kinky lovers when you live in a rural area? I live in a town of about 5,000 people, and I've tried uh, to find people online and stuff, but there really doesn't seem to be much out there. There's so many issues, so many questions, so many things at play in this uh, predicament that I'm glad you were blunt and to the point. Otherwise, uh, it would take you three hours to lay this out. Um, you know, you might have wanted to let him know the first few dozen times he copped a field, grabbing your thighs, he pretended to fall, that wasn't cool with you. Um, when do you tell his wife that the hu- when do you tell a wife that her husband is hitting on you after you first make a stab at telling the husband to knock it the fuck off? If you think there's some chance that they have an open relationship and that he may be down with, you know, sitting in a corner and beating off while you and the wife get it on. You just need to be blunt with him. You know, he's beating around the bush, yours. He's beating around the bush hoping that you're going to you're going to take some responsibility, that you're going to take the initiative. He's dropping these hints, he's asking leading questions, he's copying feels. And you know, you sound like a blunt person, so be blunt with him, not just with me. Just turn to him and say, "Look, I get it. You're hitting on me. I hope you have an open relationship with your wife. If you don't, you're a jack ass and then you should be glad to be rid of him don't worry about like brushing him off and losing his friendship if he's 
you know, a disrespectful piece of lying scum who is, you know, lying to his wife and then putting other women in an awkward position by hitting on them in dishonest ways with the cop feels and the leading comments instead of just being direct and honest. And then just continue with the bluntness. Say, hey, but I'm so not into you. Just want to get that on the record. But I would fuck your wife in a heartbeat and I'm into letting you watch. Just like throw it at him. When somebody's being, you know, a weasel and, you know, what they're doing is they're trying to hit on somebody without having to take the responsibility of actually hitting on them so that when that person goes, oh, you know, I'm really not interested sexually, they can go, hey, whoa, I wasn't I wasn't hitting on you. It's just kind of like a preemptive strike where the person is being defensive about the rejection that they already anticipate. So they can't risk just hitting honestly on you. So they have this like dishonest fucking idiot dance hit on you and you just need to like pull them up short say not into you into the wife now kinky people in a rural area uh most kinky people like most queer people wind up leaving small towns and rural areas because if you're in so you know if you're someplace like new york city and there's eight nine ten million people around and you have some kink you have some assurance that there will be tens of thousands uh, if not hundreds of thousands of people who share your kink if you're in a town of 5,000 people and you have some specific kinks, the odds of there being even one or two people around who share your kink are vanishingly small. So even with the internet as a tool at your disposal, you're not just going to be able to go online, search a community of 5,000 people, and find you know the 50 BDSM swinger community goat fuckers in your town because they're probably not there. They all moved to New York a long time ago, if they were ever there at all. So what you need to do is search the kink ads for nearby if there are any large metropolitan areas and travel a lot or move hello i'm a 21 year old confused girl i question my sexuality a lot i like girls and always have even before i knew there was some human stigma in same sexuality i only masturbate to thoughts and visuals of girls i've even gone so far as to imagine my past boyfriends were girls while they were going down on me i've never had a boyfriend i didn't dress up like a girl and put makeup on yet i've only actually dated one girl she wasn't the most attractive girl, just kind of cute, so I don't know if it played a big part in our demise or not. But my question is, do you think I have some sort of fetish, or would it maybe be beneficial for me to try dating girls rather than just sticking with guys and pretending? Thank you. Bye-bye. I'd love to be able to give you a follow-up call, but we haven't been successful nailing you down because there's a follow-up question to ask you that's totally relevant. When you dress up your boyfriends as girls, when you get them to grow their hair out and you paint their fingernails or have them grow their fingernails out so you can pretend that they're... Uh, girls, not lesbians, because lesbians don't grow their fingernails out for all sorts of obvious reasons, uh, and, and you dress them up in girly clothes, does that turn you on? Does playing with that sort of uh, gender blurring, does do androgynous boys spin your crank, or is it all about you know, trying to bridge the gap. You know, there's another warm body in here and there's some friction in here and it's totally not the person I want to be with. It's not the gender that I'm attracted to, not the sex I'm attracted to, not the sex organs I'm attracted to. But if I put some, you know, panties in my bra on him, I can, you know, squint my eyes and blur a little bit and then fantasize that I'm actually with a girl. If it's the latter, then you should stop dating boys and start dating girls exclusively. If it's the former, then you need to wrestle with, you know, the reality that your sexuality may be a bit more complicated than just you're a dyke. You may actually be turned on uh, by gender play, by, you know, gender fuck, by queer fucking play with guys where, you know, there's a power dynamic here. I'm sure that you've had to really work on some of the boys you've dated to get them to agree to wear your clothes and grow their hair out, wear makeup and service you in this way. 
Uh, and I'm sure maybe you lucked out. Maybe all the guys you're with were really turned on by the scenario. But I'm, I bet you had to like leverage some of the boys into doing that. And that's a power play. And if you enjoyed that and you enjoyed the cross-dressing that you imposed, then your sexuality is more complicated. And you just need to relax and enjoy it and stop looking for an answer that may not exist. So again, if what you fantasize about and masturbate about and, and what the whole dress-up game is about is you want to be with women – then stop dating boys. But if what it's all about is how crazy fun all this play is, then you need to embrace the fact that you're into boys, uh, that you can dress up and manipulate and order around uh, and uh, cross-dress, and you're into girls too. Not the girl that you dated, but probably perhaps some other girls. And you need to get out there and date some other girls, I think, to find out ultimately who uh, you are and what it is that you are into. Hi, Dan. I am a 41-year-old straight guy, and uh, I have uh, uh, had half a dozen sex partners and a couple of long-term relationships, And uh, but I've always had very, oh, sort of sweetheart, vanilla, love you, honey kind of sex. Uh, not completely boring necessarily, but um, I have... Uh, fantasies that I've never acted on uh, with uh, an actual person, <laughs> um, specifically uh, that um, in my fantasies I'm not so sweet and nice. I sort of have a fantasy about uh, medium rough sex. I would say not throwing somebody against a wall, but uh, but uh, sort of being bossy, domineering, etc. So I've never um, pursued this with an actual person, like I say. Um, and I also, uh, all through the years, um, looking at porn, um, I uh, see all the, you know, the young hotties in the porn, and I think to myself, boy, man, I'd like to, one time I'd like to fuck a girl like that, you know? So, so I sort of put these two things together, and I think to myself, maybe what I should do is uh, hire me an escort, go find one that's sort of, you know, looks uh, has the look that I'm looking for, and then tell her up front kind of what it uh, the particular fantasy that I want to play out is, and then uh, go for it. Basically, my question is, you know, does that seem like a good idea? I mean, I don't know uh, if I should be committing my energies, you know, to finding this in kind of the real world instead of the paid world. Um, you know, uh, maybe doing this once or twice will kind of get it out of my system or or at least get it out of my head um, so that, you know, maybe it would actually help me pursue it in the real world. Um, and then I have all the usual concerns, you know, like maybe I'll spend a bunch of money and be disappointed or maybe I'll spend a bunch of money and get busted and go to jail. <laughs> uh, so I guess basically, you know, do you think it's a good idea? Um, do you think uh, that I'm just... You know, wasting my time and money, um, and uh, and if you think it's a good idea, kind of what advice, what do's and don'ts do you have for a first-time escort pursuer? Hello. Hey, Paul. It's Dan. Hello, Dan. Uh, just listened to your message. Okay. And wanted to chat with you in person. Okay. Uh, so the women you've been with in the past that you had this love you honey sex with. Uh huh. Uh, did you ever have a conversation about what your fantasies were or what hers were? Did you ever explore anything at all? Did you ever get to a point in a relationship where you could have that kind of conversation? Uh, it was never an explicit conversation. Um, there were times that 
you know, we kind of moved a little bit in that direction, but never because, like, I brought it up, you know. Uh-huh. Because um, it sounds like your your problem is timidity uh, yeah. around this kink, and, and, and rightly so. Because if you have a kink where, you know, you're rough and, you know, your fantasies are about being rough and domineering and the boss and tossing someone around, if not throwing them into walls, um, <laughs> that is something that I think every responsible kinkster who has sort of domination fantasies you know, if if you're a decent person, you go, wow, some of my fantasies are really dark. I have to be sort of careful not to just break those out on somebody. And I need to be thoughtful about how I go about getting that as, into my sex life mm-hmm. so that I don't hurt somebody else right. that doesn't want to be hurt. The issue, though, is if you're too thoughtful and too passive and too restrained, you're never going to get it. Mm-hmm. And you could very well have gotten it with some of the women you've already been with right? who may have been into it, too. But didn't say anything because you were all love you, honey, sex. And she was like, well, I guess that's what he likes. And I guess that's what we'll do. But for all you know, like half the women you've been with were totally into being ordered around and told what to do and, and you know, tossed around and into a dominant guy. Uh-huh. And you never risked exposing your capacity to, to be that guy to them. Right. Yeah, now, it's funny, like, intellectual game I play with myself where, like, I, I understand, you know, that people are into that, you know, that there are women who would be into it. I just always think that the one I'm currently with isn't one of them. <laughs> right, and you know what? But, if the one you're with isn't one of them, you shouldn't want to be with her. Right. So what you need to do is decide, make up your mind, that when you date now, when you date the next woman you date, mm-hmm. that you're going to be as sort of self-effacing and charming, really, as you were in your call, and present this to her as like, you know, these are my fantasies, and I would never act on them with anybody who wasn't also into them and wasn't uh, down with it. I would never spring them on somebody, but, you know, this is who I am sexually. Once you get to that point where you're going to have that conversation, and you had that conversation at about three months in, after you've proven to her that you can have love you honey sex, uh-huh. and that you're good at it, uh-huh. and that it's not going to go away, right? right? But that then you trot out, you know, there's something else that can be on the menu, too. I don't know what you're into. I don't know what your fantasies are like. These are mine. Hopefully, you know, we're simpatico, and let's go. And if you're not simpatico, and it spooks her, it'll be over. But you'll want it to be over. Hmm. Because you don't want to waste your time with someone who isn't sexually simpatico, right? I guess so. I mean, so it so it it, it could be or should be a deal-breaker, then. It absolutely should be a deal Yes, I believe that sexual satisfaction, and, uh, you know, you don't have to be with somebody who is, you know, your mirror, you know, is your total, like, perfect fit, because there is no perfect fit. You have to be with somebody you like, that you're attracted to, and who is into the things you're into or not put off by the things that you're into, right. and is willing to go there for you, with you, uh-huh. to please you, and you should be willing to do the same for her. Right. Now, moving on to the escort issue. Oh, yes. I don't think it would be a bad idea for you to mess around with escorts. And there are escort review websites, and you can get, if you get out there and start Googling around and surfing around, you can get a really good idea of what a reputable escort is these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you'd want to, if you want to avoid arrest, uh, you go with somebody who, you know, is established, who has a lot of reviews, you know, not somebody who just hung out a shingle. The cops <laughs> that bust people, those things are street hookers mm-hmm. who look a little too good. Mm-hmm. And uh, people who've just hung out a shingle online, right? Those will be the cops. Okay. Um, so you might not want to like dink around in Craigslist, which is getting busted a lot, right? You want to like find, and they tend to cost more. But mm-hmm. what you're paying for when you pay for a high-priced escort is safety and security, usually. Right. Um, and what I think you should do around disease 
is if what you have missed out on is not, you know, vaginal intercourse and oral sex, mm-hmm. not like the, the two big borings that everybody gets, right, that are great, but, you know, that's just standard, the mm-hmm. meat and potatoes. If what you've missed out on is being able to let this, you know, domineering uh, mean guy out a little bit that mm-hmm. turns you on to think about, just do that. You can do, like, dom-sub role-play where it's about masturbation, and it's about, you know, where you're, you beat off, or she beats you off, or she plays with yourself, or she just, like, follows your orders, and it ends with masturbation. And that can be, for someone who's turned on by dom-sub play, just as satisfying hmm. as dom-sub play that winds up in penetrative intercourse. Okay. And that's much safer, and you don't have to then think too much about, you know, disease prevention, or gotcha. gonorrhea, or syphilis, or HIV, or any of the other big scaries. Right. Yeah, I don't like the big scaries. But it's something you might want to, like, do once or twice. And believe me, anybody who's uh, in the sex industry who's done a little bit, who's been in it for a while, most women who are professional escorts, what they do is work with guys who's who aren't having their fantasies fulfilled at home whether they're whether they're alone when they go home at night or whether they have a wife when they go home at night right but these they have certain specific needs and tastes that aren't being accommodated uh and that's what they're there for and so long as you don't come across like Hannibal Lecter you know and you don't <laughs> right you come across like a lot of people I've known who were you know quote unquote dominant guys uh-huh. that until they flip that switch and in that moment sexually they're actually kind of very sort of overcompensatingly so respectful and cautious uh-huh. because they recognize themselves their own capacity for being like super duper meanies I think is what's going on right and they have to be careful right and controlled and you're that and so I don't think an escort's going to react badly if you present it to her yeah, and and how do you pre- how does that conversation go? Like, there's kind of a gray area where you're talking to them because officially you're paying for time spent together, and there's all these disclaimers out there on their website that like right. this is not money for sex, this is money for time spent. So like, and anything that happens then between consenting adults, sure. well then what you should do, I mean what you do then is say, look, I have fantasies around domination and submission that I'd like to explore uh, with me as the dominant. Uh, it doesn't sound like you're into bondage. No. Okay, so that's, for a lot of professional escorts, that's a no-go area because they're not going to let somebody else get them helpless. Sure. For fear that they'll be carved up and worn as a coat. <laughs> um, and so you say, you know, I have dom-sub stuff I've wanted to explore. It doesn't, you know, I'm not, it doesn't, sex isn't necessarily crucial. So if, you know, that doesn't happen during, uh, you know, because usually the disclaimer is, um, you're paying me for my time, and then whatever happens between consenting adults happens between consenting adults. Right. right. Right? And you're paying for my time only. And you say, you know, what I would like to do during that time is some dom-sub role play. Hmm. And then, you know, if something else should happen between consenting adults uh, toward the end, I might be fine with that, but it's not necessarily crucial. Gotcha. Okay? Okay. And then call and give us a status report after you do this a couple times. But, you know, you don't necessarily have to go the escort route. Mm-hmm. You can date... And if you live in a big city, you can go on go to personals websites. There are tons of women who like rough sex, who like to be tossed around, who like to be ordered around. And most of those women don't like to be ordered around all the time, right. just during sex. And they're very right. clear about that, just how you are also very clear about, you know, this dom thing is a turn-on and a side of you, but not all of you. Right. Okay. Okay? All right, thanks. Bye. Hi, Dan. I'm actually calling for a friend of mine who's in Germany and says it's too expensive to make the call. I was talking to her earlier today, and she claims that the man that she's with there in Germany can't 
come unless it's on her face. Um, she says that he still has orgasms, and I was doubtful about this, and she said, well, I was looking, he's got sweaty palms, he curls his toes. So is it is he telling the truth? Is he actually having um, an orgasm and not coming uh, when they have intercourse and then only be, being able to come on her face? And if, if he's telling the truth, then how is this possible? There's some, like, uh, tantra yoga nutjobs out there who claim that they can have orgasms, experience the physical sensations of orgasms, the contractions of orgasms, but they have such amazing muscular control and waka waka chakra, whatever, that they can hold the semen in. Maybe he's one of those guys, and he can hold the semen in uh, when he has an orgasm inside your friend. Um, and then when he has an orgasm outside or her all of her face, uh, he can let it out, but he's really controlling it. I think uh, this is about control and dominance. So much of sex really is, isn't it? The girl earlier who's dressing her boyfriends up. Hey, you can totally eat my pussy after you put my clothes on. Uh, that's about domination and control. Humans are just all about domination control. Human society is all about domination control. Why shouldn't human sexuality also all be about that? So, you know, blowing a load on someone's face is sort of like marking your territory, sort of taking possession of them, sort of, you know, they're demonstrating to you just how turned on they are by you, that they will submit to this. Uh, it's slightly degrading. Uh, those things all turn them on. I think what he's saying, maybe there's a language barrier that your friend is having with her German boyfriend, what he's saying is not, I can only come, but I only want to come. I only want to let the semen out of my body for this particular moment, for this particular sexual experience. Uh, and if your friend's happy uh, and digs facials, then he shouldn't have to lie about it. He shouldn't have to say, he shouldn't have to manipulate your friend by saying, you really should let me do this because this is the only way I can experience uh, an orgasm and full sexual pleasure and release. Uh, he should just say, this is what does it for me. I, you know, I know it's a little OCD of me, but I'm only going to come if I can come on your face. And maybe that sounds like such an asshole thing to do that you, you know, no guy who is into facials that badly could ever present it that way because no woman would ever say, okay, most women say fuck off. But he's presented it to her like it's a handicap and she should feel sympathy for him and allow him to do this because uh, it's the only way he can have a, an orgasm. It ain't, He's lying. Uh, if your friend doesn't care that she's being lied to a little bit, and if she likes the feeling of all that hot German spunk spraying all over her face, and really who doesn't, uh, then it's really not a problem. Uh, hey, Dan. I'm a 20-year-old uh, male college student, and I'm a little confused. I've heard you reference guys who were like, straight from the waist up and knees down or something like that. Um, I know I'm sexually attracted to females, and the thought of kissing a guy, being romantic, like having a relationship with one or anal sex with one definitely is a turnoff. Um, however, I realized a few days ago that the thought of performing fellatio interests me. Uh, my first and only like rear relationship ended a little over a year and a half ago. Uh, it was the first time I'd had sex, and um, because I didn't enjoy it uh, like at all, I kind of wondered if I was gay. I've uh, arrived at the conclusion that it was her I wasn't sexually attracted to, not women in general. And since then, I've been trying to have sex, but because of my refusal uh, refusal to engage in it without some kind of emotional connection, like no one-night stands, etc., I've been pretty unsuccessful. It's not many college students who feel that way. Now, do I just like subconsciously think that I'd be able to hook up with a guy easier than a girl, and this is a desire my libido is manifesting, or do I have a legitimate, persistent interest in fellatio? 
Um, I've got uh, a about 80% straight male friend who uh, might be willing to indulge my desires, and I've mentioned to him I'm a little confused. I'm not sure if I should pursue that because I think he'd be willing or just leave well enough alone, though. Um, finally, if I decided that I've got a passion for both women and fellatio, would I qualify myself as bisexual or as a heterosexual with uh, just enough homosexuality to place me as like a two on the Kennedy scale? All right, we got to get this guy on the phone. Or as my mother called it in the 70s for some reason that I've never understood and I've never heard anyone else uh, refer to it as, we got to get this guy on the blower. Hello? Hey, it's Dan. Oh, hi. How are you? I'm all right. I'm a little nervous. Uh, don't be nervous. So in between recording that call and, and me calling you back, have you sucked any dick? Uh, no, not really, no. Not really, no, or no? Like, you would remember no, no, for no, sure. No. It would be That's a yes or no answer. Don't hedge. <laughs> no, I, I asked my friend, and I kind of mentioned it to him, and he knew he hasn't responded back yet. Really? You offered to suck some guy's dick, and he has not responded? Positively well, or negatively? <laughs> well, I told him, you know, it kind of interests me, and, and uh, he did some experimenting of his own, and he found out that generally he likes women, but I guess he's okay with men. And personally, if someone told me that, you know, they wanted to go down, I'd be like, yeah. Cool. But did you fun. tell him you wanted to go down on him, or did you tell him, fellatio interests me? <laughs> Performing fellatio interests me. Like, that's not an offer, that's a, a statement. Yeah. Well, did you I say, hey, they... I'm curious about fellatio, I know you've messed around with these, I'd love to suck your dick. Hello? No, it was more, uh, I'm curious about fellatio, probably. Okay, well, no wonder he didn't answer, because he might not know exactly what the fuck you meant by that. Because that, someone could tell me they're curious about fellatio, I don't assume they're curious about fellating me, necessarily. Ah, fair enough. Probably should have specified. Yes. But, okay, yeah. but moving on to your problems, and they are multitudinous, um, <laughs> but not really. This isn't fatal. You're going to be fine. Uh, a lot of young, you're only 20, a lot of young guys, uh, first you know, time you have sex, it's not going to be the best time you have sex. Sex is a skill. Uh, but a lot of young guys will panic and say, oh, I didn't enjoy that sex with that girl like I you know, thought I would all those years when I was jerking off about finally getting some pussy. Maybe that means I'm gay. As if gay is this default mode. And it's not. Gay is, as you identify it, not just this burning desire to like suck a dick or not just being inept at heterosexual sex. Gay is a desire <laughs> to like be with men, kiss men, make out with men. You like the way men, you know, not all men, but some particular men smell and you want more than just an orgasm with a dude or to give an orga a dude an orgasm. You want a life with that dude. You want intimacy. Right. It's not just the dick and the ass and the, and the mouth. It's the heart and the soul and the head, too, right? That's gay. What you are is this thing that, you know, I could fill the column, Savage Love, every week just with letters from straight-identified guys who want to suck dick every once in a while, who want to perform fellatio. You are not that unique. There oh, are man. Pardon? I said, oh, man, I'm just you know, hoping I was just, you know unique snowflake. No, you're not a unique snowflake, which is good because it means you're going to have a sex life. Um, the problem is, <laughs> for you, is that a lot of straight women don't want to be with a guy who performs a blowjob on another dude every once in a while. Uh, so you're going to have to like be a dishonest sack of shit, go without, or find a girl that's down with this small aspect of your sexuality that you are, you know, 98% straight, except for the 2% of you that wants to blow a dude every once in a while. Um, if that's who you are, and the only way, you know, to verify that that's who you are is to blow a dude at some point, and, you know, now while you're 20 and single, that's the time. 
20th single in the dorms. That's the time. You know, if you're ever going to blow it, you know, that's usually when girls who eat pussy once or twice in their life get it out of the way. Uh, you should certainly, if you want to explore it, get it out of the way. Um, you know, and all the other evidence, jumping back a bit, that you need to be presented with to prove to you that you're not unique are the shemale hookers. I'm sure you're familiar with them. Chicks with dicks? Heard of, not not ever, like, met, seen. Okay, for rent in every major city in America. Uh, gay dudes do not uh, book two hours with a chick with a dick. Gay dudes are not interested in sucking the dick uh, of a woman, <laughs> which is what a chick <laughs> with a dick is. It's like, she's got boobs, she's slight, she wears makeup, she's got long hair, she, she's got a, you know, pear-shaped bottom, she's totally a woman. But she has a dick. Who is paying to sleep with all these shemales who are making a living as escorts now? Not gay dudes. Straight dudes. Straight dudes that want a little dick, but don't want any dude. Right? I so they get, you know, a female body, a female form that confirms their heterosexuality, and they get to have this experience with dick, because straight guys like dick. I mean, that's, like, so evident just by the porn straight guys watch. Why is Ron Jeremy a porn star? Right? I, I, yeah, I suppose. Straight guys like looking at Ron Jeremy's dick. He also gives, like, average-looking straight guys hope that they will one day get to bang porn stars, too. So people are living vicariously through Ron Jeremy. But so much straight porn, the, the dick is the star. And straight guys have, you know, a loving relationship with their own dicks. It stands to reason that a very small number of straight guys will be into other dicks, too, but just the dick. And you're one of those straight guys. And when I talk about this or I put these questions in the column, people say I'm proselytizing. I'm just a gay guy that wants straight guys to blow me. That's not true. I'm a gay guy that wants gay guys to blow me. I'm not attracted to straight guys, um, with some notable exceptions. You're just one of those guys. Yeah, I mean, it's... I understand. It doesn't mean you're not straight. It doesn't mean you're gay. It doesn't mean you gotta, you know, suck my dick. It doesn't mean anything. It, all it means is you're gonna be probably married to a woman at some point in your life, and you're gonna have to confront, like, what you're gonna do about this thing if it doesn't go away. And you know what? Odds are it won't. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure I'm totally normal. It's just it's like so out of left field. I didn't really. I, it's like where it's like where is this coming from? I mean, I I started listening to your uh, uh, reading a column, listening to the podcast. Ah, I did it to you. Is that what you're going to say now? It's my fault. No, that's no, no. I was like really <laughs> like I was really uncomfortable and so uptight about sexuality and everything. So I figured, well, you know, it, he talks about it pretty pretty casually, and um, I figured it would be more comfortable with the concept and and you know there are all these all these questions and I started like thinking about my own sexuality and and that's you know so it's not exactly your fault I uh <laughs> yeah. I, I'm happy for it to be my fault you know <laughs> some straight guy's so. gonna get a blowjob from some other straight guy I'm happy to take the credit for that <laughs> but you have some, it sounds like you have some thinking to do first right yeah I do I've, like I've been doing some thinking since then and, and I I don't know I've, I I think I need to, need to do more thinking and, and you need to do a little masturbating about it <laughs> you might yeah, want to do what most gay boys did when they were 13, which is, you know, eat your own cum and see what that tastes like, if you're not already doing I, that. Yeah, I actually kind of know. And, <laughs> yeah. Well, like, it's weird. It's like if I'm, like, you know, like if I'm masturbating, I think, like, wow, I totally wish this was oral I was receiving and not my hand. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and then but at the same time, just because I'm curious about, like, everything, I wonder, hmm, I wonder, you know, what it would be like to be on the receiving end of this, you know, to be giving the head. Mm -hmm. And... Like, that sort of interests me, but I don't know. In, in the same, you know, 
in a way doesn't really like necessarily arouse me. But you know, if I think about like eating pussy, which I know I like, it doesn't really arouse me either. Just thinking about it, so mm-hmm. I don't, don't know what to make of that. I, you sound like you're a little sexually repressed. You sound kind of tamped down. As evidence jumping all the way back to the beginning of our conversation where you were like, I have an interest in fellatio. Uh, and you're thinking that that was hitting on someone when actually that someone else is like, what is this, a trap? Um, you have to say, I want to blow you. Can I blow you? That's how you hit on somebody. You don't say fellatio as a topic. is compelling. Um, so it sounds like you need to take more ownership of your sexual desires and your sexual interests and get a little bit more experience. You're, you're young. You're at college. No? Yes. Pardon? Yeah, yeah, yes. That's okay. true. Yeah. You're young, you're in college, now's the time. Like, some girls eat a little pussy in college, doesn't mean they're lesbians, they don't have to be lesbians, they can be girls who eat a little pussy in college. We live in a brave new world where more and more straight guys can suck a little dick at college or once or twice in their lives and still be straight guys and be seen as straight guys by other straight guys and their female partners too. Um, and you just say, you know, you have to live in that world because that sounds, it sounds like that's who you are. But you need to be more comfortable about your desires and using I statements uh, and expressing yourself than you are now. And, um, and that'll come. That'll come. Pardon? <laughs> and not calling it fellatio. And not calling it fellatio. No one calls it fellatio anymore. <laughs> this isn't the Tropic of Capricorn. This is the 21st century, you should say. Blowjobs and cocksucking. And yeah, well, maybe I'll someday I'll move on to intercourse, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. You know, any, any sex word that has more than three syllables or two syllables... No term where there's a one-syllable term or a two-syllable term should you be using a three- or four-syllable term. Not Palladio. Blowjob. Okay? All right. Good luck. All right, thank you. Bye. Hey, Dan, this is Carl calling from Chicago. And uh, I just got done listening to episode 67, and uh, specifically uh, Ross uh, and his uh, newly out uh, foster daughter. Um, one uh, one thing I saw that uh, particularly affected me in the fall, and uh, it's coming out on DVD on February 19th, is a, a, a movie called For the Bible Tells Me So. It's uh, written and directed by Daniel Carslake, and it uh, talks about five families and uh, their own struggle and uh, and you know the, the way they can uh, reconcile their own faith with uh, with their sexuality. I thought it was uh, it was very well put together. Uh, it was insightful, and uh, I think it should uh, hopefully help her out. So, uh, February nineteenth coming up. So, uh, if you could pass that on to Ross, that'd be great, and uh, and good luck. Thanks, Carl, for the recommendation. Uh, for the Bible tells me so. Everybody, run out and see it. Uh, whether you have fundamentalist Christian lesbian foster children or not. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast. If you'd like to record a call for a future podcast. Please do. If you'd like to record a theme song for a future podcast, please do. And you can email them to me at savageatthestranger.com. And you download the podcast every week at www.thestranger.com slash savage. Now, the tech-savvy at-risk youth inform me because they're so purient and immature that this is episode 69 of the Savage Lovecast, and we should mark that somehow. Um, As soon as we get off the air, I guess we'll start marking that. Once again, 206-201-2720. We'll be back at you next week with another installment of the Savage Lovecast.